It's our show, Christy. We can do whatever we want. Let's show them how to do life. Season three! Oh boy, here it comes. Even though we've done this show like 250 times, I still have no idea what I'm talking about. We may not know what we're doing, but we're having fun. <laughs> I was born for this. I was born for this. The only way out is This is how to do life. how to do life. Hey, pretties, it's Chrissy. And it's Heather. And here's producer John. To hype the crowd! Just a quick warning. How to do life with Chrissy and Heather contains elements of real life, nostalgia, silliness, deep thinking, and other nonsense and whatnot. If you are adverse to any of these ingredients, this show may not be for you. So be sure to talk to your doctor and all your friends about how to do life. Let's get into it. Hey, Chrissy. Hey, Heather. It's Friday. Happy Friday to you. Whoop, whoop, whoop. All right, now, I've got a super-packed show with some fun stuff and some serious stuff. But before we do any of that, I've got a little bit of... Housekeeping. Come back later, please. Housekeeping. On Wednesday's show, I gave you an update on my... And now, it's time to talk about our... Goals! 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 And so now, I want to know... How are your goals going? Let's have a goal update. I mean, my goals are going pretty great. Like I said, um, I did over 40 miles um, in my first week that I didn't even have a goal to do any particular miles that week. So that was pretty good. Uh, Vitamins are still happening. Yeah. The the major commitment of vitamins. Are you foaming at the mouth with all of the um, the melted vitamins? I've already taken them for the day today. Um, Totally, totally on it. Um, And that is going to be easy when I'm going to I'm going to make that, you know, like that. Those kind of things, like a like a simple self care thing, like I've told you a hundred times that like ten years ago I decided to start flossing my teeth every uh-huh. day, and I still do. Like that was my New Year's goal, and because it's now awesome. I still do it. Yeah, and the vitamins will be like that. Like ten years from now, I'll still be taking my vitamins every day and doing what I'm supposed to do. I also um, now I'm in my uh, eight weeks dry. I was just about yes. to ask about that. I'm in the eight weeks dry, and uh, that will be easy too. It'll be fine. You know, it'll it'll be great. So um. I actually, um, on Sunday afternoon, last Sunday, I wore my Sober AF sweatshirt. Uh-huh. I haven't been able to wear that sweatshirt in a <laughs> long time. It's, I haven't been able to wear that sweatshirt since, like, February of 2020. <laughs> right um, before everything went... <laughs> <laughs> right about that. Maybe it was March of 2020, but right around then was when, like, I will not allow myself to wear a sweatshirt that is untrue, obviously. But I was like, hey, for at least the next eight <laughs> weeks, I can wear this sweatshirt. And it's the perfect time of year for right. it. It is a cozy, fantastic sweatshirt. Yeah. I almost wore it to the show. Um, maybe maybe next week I'll wear it to the show. Yeah. But, yeah so I'm... I, Delighted that I get to wear my sober AF sweatshirt for at least uh, two months here. Uh, so pretty pretty good to go through um, March fourteenth. I think is the is okay. the is the end of that window. And who knows, we may extend it further. Yeah. But you know, yeah. all all good for now. I'm uh, loving it. Yeah, it's it's great. I'm looking forward to um, I'm looking forward to having some delicious beer again. You know, I'm in um, a Facebook group, um, TLH Ladies That Beer, and Seeing all of the delicious beers that people are, are enjoying on the weekends, it's like, oh, that'll be nice again. But I also um, am really enjoying 
dry January. Yeah. I feel great. I think that everybody who I know who is doing it is hanging in there just fine. Yeah. Like, nobody's like, oh, it really sucks. I just want to drink some beer. Like, everybody's like, man, this is like the reset that we needed. I think 2020 was so hard on us, and we're just trying to climb out of the hole. And I like that we, you know, have some goals and that we're climbing. And I feel like it's a real collective effort. I do feel like we're all supporting each other Mm -hmm. in these efforts. And everybody has a really positive attitude. And, you know, we're halfway through January now, and... I see people still making their goals and being fine. Yeah. You know, so congrats, everybody, and keep it up. Well, and and just a little bit of a um, an update on our homework from last um, show on Wednesday. We want to hear what your goals are. You right. Know? So come mm-hmm. on our social media and share with us. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be the beginning of January to make a goal. Yeah. Let we'll us have, know what you're working on. There, by this point in time, there should be a thread up. By the time you're hearing this um, on Friday, there should be a thread up that where you can go on and tell us about your goals. Yeah. So, excellent. So, uh, this is also kind of in the category of housekeeping because it's something that we talked about previously. Mm-hmm. But I said in a previous show that I would go back and research slang from the last global pandemic. Oh, you did tell us the that. The Spanish flu. Way to follow up and like I you could have never mentioned that again and I would have been like oh yeah I forgot about that you know it's been on my mind you Mm -hmm. know because my um my teenager frequently reminds me that every 100 years there seems to be some major health catastrophe like with the Spanish flu Mm -hmm. in 1918 slash 20 and now here we are in 2020 21 what's his evidence from the 18s um, the Spanish flu. I mean, well, from the 17s. Oh, um, smallpox. How about 16s? I think that was cholera. Mm. When's the plague? Actually, when though, plague? Um, I think the plague was in the 1500s. But I, they also did have smallpox in the in the early 1600s. Mm. But I'd have to go back and look at that again. I read a really interesting National Geographic that was a whole look at pandemics and epidemics since, like, the 1500s. Interesting. And what we've learned and what we haven't learned. We haven't learned some things. We've learned <laughs> basic hygiene. Like yeah. we've learned how we've learned a lot about food safety. We've learned a lot about, um, you know, safe, just hygiene, how to clean things properly, mm-hmm. how to mitigate the spread. We've mm-hmm. learned a lot about that over time. What we have not learned as a general people is to act quickly. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have we always wait too long as humans. I think maybe we're just really optimistic and we we think we've got it and it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal and we don't realize it until it's too late. Yeah, I was reading or somebody was telling me about uh, this little town that sacrificed themselves in the last pandemic. Like they stayed like there was like 300 of them and they just all stayed in their little town and they didn't go anywhere. Where did I hear this? I don't um, know, but, but I'm fascinated. But they all stayed and like. Like, two-thirds of them died, but they still didn't go out. Like, 200 of the, like, 300 people died, but the 100 who (laughs) survived. And I was like, I'm not sacrificing myself. That would never happen now. (laughs) That would never happen. We're we're not not, uh, that selfless. That's just not who we are We're not that selfless. We're like, you know what? I got to get out and get a cheeseburger. I got to get to the Wendy's, man. (laughs) It's my civil right. My civil right is to have a junior bacon cheeseburger today. Well, I have some um, some examples from. Is this actually 1916? So it's a little bit out of the out of the category. Yeah, we'll but 
Um, I want you and John to try to guess. Ooh, John, yes. Okay, so John, you ready? you ready? All right, so if I was Have going to tell you that I was having a pipe. A what? A pipe. If I was, okay, I'll, I'll preface it this way. Okay. If I was going to school, if I, we were in college, and I told you that I had a pipe, mm-hmm. what would that mean? What's your guess? You're smoking. <laughs> Close. You're in a high. category. You're getting high. No. <laughs> no. If I told you, John, that if we were in, in college together and I told you I had a pipe this semester. I, I'm with Chrissy. I, I, you're smoking weed. It's, it's an easy course. A pipe is an easy course oh. because it gives you time for a smoke. Oh. The class is easy. You don't have to work too hard, and you've got time for a smoke after. All right. What about um, if I if I make a new friend and I tell you that they're a real sluffer? What does that mean? They're lazy. Yeah. They're kinda. like a schlep. Yeah. They're kind of sloppy. They're someone who doesn't take life too seriously. Um, so in 1918, 1916, you don't want to be a sluffer. That's definitely sluffer. not somebody whose goal is not grace. Mm-mm. Lots of grace there. No. Spiffy. Oh, everybody knows spiffy. Yeah. You're kind of put together. It, yeah, it means you're fine. Looking sharp. Looking, yeah, looking sharp. sharp. Yeah, that's a good way to say yeah. it. Yeah. What about spoofing? That means if you're fooling me. Yeah. That's not like a thing your grandma around. says. That's my grandmother used to say to me, oh, I think you're spoofing me. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I think you're spoofing me. All right, here's one that you should know. Calicoing. It means like you're strutting out. You're 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 looking fine. Mm, not really. No. I mean, it's, I mean, I thought a, a fine piece of calico was we, like a hot so chick. Last year, we were going to be a nice piece of calico or a choice piece of calico. Choice piece of calico. Yeah. So we were going to be. It didn't work fancy out last ladies. year. Maybe Did this not is the work year. out at all. <laughs> <laughs> but calicoing. Is mostly used by Southern men. It means that you've got a lot of dates, mm. so you're out calicoing. I'm guessing like you're prowling, like mm. a, like a cat, like a cat. Only men can be calico. I don't. Well, I don't know that. It just says that it's it's used by Southern men to say that you've got dates with women. You're calicoing. I'm gonna go out calicoing. Yeah. So now, if you're a woman, the term would be fussing. At the University of Pennsylvania, the Trident, the school newspaper, reported that um, another way of saying that you were having a date with a man would be fussing. Or... I'm fussing with him. I'm fussing with him. <laughs> or I'm all out of the barrel. All out of the barrel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fussing with that guy. I like that one. What about bench work? If you're doing some bench work, what's that? You're lifting weights? No. You're power lifter? No. No. You're, uh... No, that's my guess. I, even though it's wrong. It John? means, yeah, what, what Pla- do you think, Planning. Planning? Yeah. Bench oh, I can like see that. Setting the groundwork? Yeah, like, like. Yeah. Oh, no, it means that you're sitting on a bench <laughs> <laughs> um, entertaining a man on campus. Oh. So you're ha- you're having a you're bench having date. a little bench work session? Have a little bench date. Come on over, honey. Have yeah. a seat. Let's have a chat. Okay, so if I tell you that somebody is a dish, what does that mean? Oh, that they're they're the dish. They're the scoop. They're yeah. the they're the, the fine little thing. Yeah. You fine little thing. What about a crock? Oh. John, if I introduce you to somebody and I tell you that she's a croc, what am I croc saying? Shit. Phony. <laughs> not necessarily a... F- no, it means that she's not very good looking. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to be called a croc. That's bad. No. What if I told you guys that I was going to do some river banking? <laughs> Sounds filthy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know. 
I'm I'm taking a walk off campus. I'm I'm oh, um, MIA. That's much less okay, healthy. Okay. Here's I. here's something that's kind of <laughs> gross. Scabbing. Um Something gross? (laughs) It Um, does sound gross to me. It means that you're working late hours in the lab. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, But that means like you're studying late at night. You're scabbing. Yeah. I don't know what that, I don't know why that would be. Okay. Last one. Um, Dope. Dope? Yeah. Dope. That's what we called Bobby Brown's show the other day. Yeah. So we 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 used dope to say that it's dope the same way? No. Uh, the The dope is the gossip. It's the oh. news. Yeah. So if if we were standing together talking, we'd be having a dope session. Dope. Yeah. Wow. So our whole show is a dope session. This so. is some dope dope. I didn't keep track to know who won the quiz. It was really more of a conversation. It was, yeah. But, but I like the quiz music. It yeah, really I love fun. the quiz music. I made it a really good Friday show. Nice work, everyone. So um, I, we were curious about what the slang would have been back in the 1920s because we started the Dope. January 2020 show with some 1920s slang that we thought we were going to have a great time using. <laughs> and then we realized that um, that's not how 2020 went. And so we wanted to go back and see what would have been their slang for bad things mm-hmm. i still wasn't able to find it but scabbing yeah scabbing working, working late yeah so yeah. anyway there you go mm. i'm super excited about something that i saw um in the newspaper the online newspaper Ooh, the newspaper we love the newspaper yes. randy Atwood will be coming in at some point in the near future to talk with us more about the newspaper what did you find there heather i'm gonna tell you in my Headline. Headlines. Headlines. Okay, so this is local to me in the framework of my my family. Um, okay, so once the holidays are over in Louisiana, mm-hmm. we immediately roll into Mardi Gras. Yeah, you guys shoot some mistletoe, then you guys get the Mardi Gras. You guys are fun over there shoot the mistletoe ring in the new year and then six days later is epiphany otherwise What's known, that, what happens on epiphany epiphany is in the in the um liturgical calendar epiphany is when the kings arrived to baby jesus oh so epiphany sometimes you'll see yeah like in in our secular world we pretend it all happened on one day right you know, yeah like no. just, baby it, jesus was born it, everybody actually, showed up by midnight with the star and you know yeah then it, as my daughter says then santa delivered some presents <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah it actually took that. like two years mm-hmm. for the magi to get to jesus and we we have abbreviated like, that down into six toddler days. is <laughs> the one we thought we were coming fit. to see a baby <laughs> Exactly. And so that kicks off Mardi Gras. Mm-hmm. And Mardi Gras goes until Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday, yes. And then Ash Wednesday kicks off Lent, wait, which I goes thought till that, Easter. Wait, what's the Fat Tuesday? That's the day before Ash Wednesday. That's the day before? Yeah. Okay, so basically you get to party on Fat Tuesday because on Wednesday is when you go on your like, right. like your cleanse. Because right? it's Lent. I want to say hi to Amanda. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> right. So... um that's another reason why it's so hard to stay healthy when you live in Louisiana because it's just one holiday after the other. I mean, and you guys have the king cake and it's the most delicious thing in the mm-hmm. entire world. You guys good. have the mufaletta. Mm-hmm. You, you, oh my gosh, the food. The food. The yeah. Food. It's, it's, I, it's why I had to leave. I had to move to Florida. <laughs> so anyway, 
because you of can't COVID, be a vegan or a vegetarian <laughs> or whatever. You, you can't do it on easy. Um, so because of COVID, though, the float the the parades are canceled. Oh, yeah, and super um, bummer. But this is the story that I saw on NOLA.com. It made me so happy to see that, of course, New Orleans is not going to let Mardi Gras just be canceled. People are decorating their houses. Nice. To look like a parade floats. Oh, I love it. And I love it. it's so fun. And I mean, I'm going to put the link up in the show notes, and I'm also going to put it up on the page so that y'all can see how elaborate these are. People are, I mean, it's art. It is an art installation. I can't wait to see it. I can't and wait. it's so cool. And then I saw some video over the weekend of people, um, you know, having kind of just like music outside their house. And so you can come and like see how they've decorated and dance. It's almost like a tour of Christmas lights, but it's, but it's Mardi Gras excitement. Yeah, exactly. Now, do, yeah. are people, do people still do like the crew idea? Like, so you have like a group of people who are your people, right? Like, so do they all decorate their houses in a... I don't know. I don't think so because the crews don't necessarily live together. They don't necessarily right. live near each other. I wondered if they themed their like could be their homes, you know, yeah. in line with their crew or what yeah. their parade float would have looked like or something. Yeah. That's so very exciting. The um the actual headline is float houses are popping up all over New Orleans for Mardi Gras 2021. See them all here. And um, we've got one that is, um, they're going to be down in the Garden District, which is um, where a lot of the big parades are. But we've got Zulu represented, which is one of the oldest crews in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Um, We've got, like, look at, take a look at the picture. Yeah, you should put this link up right away. That looks amazing. It's super cool. And they made it look like a horse and carriage, so it looks like a float. Yeah. That's really neat. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And so I highly recommend that you go onto our page and take a look at those. Play some, go turn on Pandora and type in Mardi Gras Radio. Put it on Spotify. And uh, yeah, put it on Spotify. Not Pandora. And and have some fun. (laughs) Find you Pandora, but do whichever one you want, but yeah. So... I was really happy to see that. I think that's really nice. And it's another one of those ways that people continue to be creative when they can't do things the way that we normally have. You know, we saw big changes at Halloween. We saw changes during all different times. And I I think that's really cool. That's a great headline. I hope that we don't have COVID for Halloween this year. I hope that we don't have COVID either. (laughs) (laughs) But if we do, if we do, um, Robbie was really lobbying for... An, an organized community effort to do big time house decorations like this at Halloween. Mm-hmm. And when I showed him this article, he's like, that's like, that was my idea for Halloween is to have everybody decorate their houses. And then you drive around and look at people's houses. Should this show lead the effort regardless COVID or not, that it should be a big time Halloween? Like, yeah, we can start planning now. I'm always in favor of big time. All right. Halloween. Big time Halloween. Okay. So, um, you got, Nine I, months, people. Get planning. <laughs> get it together. Goals, not grace. Yes. All right. Let's jump into the grab bag. What? Is what that? did they come up with now? Ew, not that Let's one. see what's in the grab bag. I think I've got it. Okay. So I saw. Nothing. <laughs> I was trying to get your attention. <laughs> I saw this story. And it immediately, um, it hit home in a few different ways because, for one, I I agree with it. And then also I recognized that it was something that I was doing that was not 
um, in the category of how I want to parent. Okay. And um, and then it's also related to, I think, kind of our both of our professional slants with um, behavior stuff. And it's the topic of toxic positivity. Toxic positivity? Yeah. Ooh, I have not heard of this. Let's talk. So toxic positivity is um, this this shared experience that we have, especially on social media, of either pretending like everything is okay all the time, not admitting that we're having a problem or feeling like there's some type of stigma to not having your shit together all the time, or by people just overzealously either encouraging or sometimes demanding that we just think positive. Mm-hmm. And the example given in the story says, when I was laid off from my job a little less than a month ago, m- many well-meaning friends and family rushed to tell me that I needed to stay positive. Mm-hmm. I'd be back on my feet if I just stayed focused, they said. Plus, they reminded me, it could be worse. At least you were getting a severance. At least my husband was still employed. At least I still had my health. And the undertone was clear. I should be grateful for what I did have, and I shouldn't dwell on what I had just lost. Mm -hmm. No one meant to hurt me with these comments. They were trying to make me feel better, and I was grateful for what I have. I knew I was still in a pretty privileged situation, but it didn't mean the situation didn't suck. Right. You know, I think I was guilty of this uh, last Sunday. Yeah. So my Cleveland Browns lost. They are no longer in a bid for the Super Bowl. Uh, And my daughter was watching at her dad's house, right? And um, she had posted a picture of, like, thumbs down because they were behind, like, before before it was over. And I texted her, like, think positively. (laughs) And then when it was over, I felt very compelled. I was like, well, her her dad might... um, have like a bad attitude about the loss or whatever. So I made sure to send her a message to say it was a good season. They tried really hard, you know, and, uh, you know, we can look forward to next season. And like to put in her this positivity that I wanted her to have because I didn't want her to be like, well, that sucks. And my team didn't win. Like I didn't want her to be a sore loser. So I went overly positive, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was like, let's be very, very positive about it, you know. So there's that. Well, I think that, you know, there's, of course, with as with most things, it's a spectrum of um, reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, I totally get what this is saying. Mm-hmm. I think that and I jump to it all the time. Do it all the time, too. You know, I'm always about thinking positive and I don't find it difficult to be positive, but I, I don't necessarily I catch myself with my kids, especially with just like that, just insisting that they find something positive. I don't think that it's very far off than what we talked about on the first episode of this season when we talked about always projecting strength. Mm -hmm. You know, so we are always projecting that we are strong. We are always projecting that we are positive. We are, you know, like we feel the need to always project this. And sometimes it's not the true valid feeling that you're feeling. And it's okay to do that too. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay to be fragile. It's okay to be these things and to ignore them and say, well, I'm just going to push through all the time for everything. You know. I um, spend a lot of time thinking about growth mindset 
and you know what that really means and how to teach my kids resiliency and how to help them have healthy habits for understanding how they feel about things and then you know how to react to things and I don't know that demanding or even always encouraging positivity is necessarily helpful I think that there's definitely a time and a place for being disappointed and angry uh, it's just not letting it be the prevailing emotion yeah I mean, it doesn't have to be like the center of your life. It doesn't have to last forever, but it is okay to acknowledge it when it occurs. Yeah. You know? Like, that's what I think we don't always do. I think that what we'll do is, you know, this crap thing happens and right away we're like, yes, it's a crap thing, but a good thing's right around the corner. Yep. You know, like instead of going, well, I'm just going to give myself a minute here with this crap thing. You know, uh-huh. like it's, it's fine. Some days it's just crappy. And it's okay to admit that today was crappy. It's okay to not be okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not be okay. Like, even that sounds like... Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it kind of makes me think about the boomerang effect of that, which as people, we typically are going to be on one extreme or the other. Either you're positive all the time, or we get into that other uh, kind of annoying situation that we both... Um, we're kind of complaining about mm-hmm. last year, mm-hmm. which is the hot mess syndrome. Yes. Of constantly the being a hot mess. And the, mm-hmm. Well, and then having that be your identity of, you know. The pendulum, man. You either got to be on or off. Right. You know? And we got to like balance. Since we started this show, every few weeks, the concept of balance and finding something in the middle, like not swinging clear out here and not swinging clear out there. Why is it so difficult? I think the hardest thing in the world is to stay centered, you know, in in reality, you know, and to stay. It, it's not the end of the world. It's not the hardest thing maybe you've ever done. It's also not great. You know, it, 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 it's, it's fine. And just let it be, if it feels bad for a day or two, let it feel bad. Get yourself back together and get back on the horse. Like, just everybody chill out. I think that social media puts a new level of pressure on us to make a decision about how we feel about everything immediately because we live our lives so much in public and in front of everybody with a camera that we put on ourselves. I think that even more than social media is is the level of connectivity that yes. we have, you know, like email. Um, I got an email on Friday afternoon at like one o'clock and it's an important decision making email. And I felt compelled, like, I needed to answer it, like, within the hour. And I, I, you know what, Heather? You know how I always clear all my notifications. My phone never has a single notification. There's never one unread email. There's never, like, I'm always on top of all of it. I've had an unread email since Friday at 1 (laughs) o'clock because I need time with this. And I need to live with it. And I had to, like, say to myself, just because she asked you the question Friday at 1 o'clock, does not mean that you have to answer it. Like, there is no timeline. There is no, you know, like, I need time to look this over. It's very important. I need to check it out. And I, like, felt like I had to rush to an answer because I always get back to people right away. It's what what I do. And in the last week or so, I have really, with so many things, been like, I'm taking a break from this for six hours or for, you know, like, it's okay. You don't have to respond immediately to everything. Just because it's top of mind for somebody doesn't mean that it has to be top of mind for you right now. 
That's the truth. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we we teach people what to expect from us mm-hmm. by how we respond. And, mm-hmm. and I have the opposite where I sit on emails way too long um, because I want to respond eloquently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm usually mm-hmm. don't have time for that. And then I end up taking too long to respond. Whoops. But yeah, that's balance. A, it's a goal. <laughs> um, so but I, I do think that there is this this undercurrent that we need to make a decision and we need to announce it and it needs to be something that that we own and that we are proud of and I just want to this is where you know even our goals not grace Mm -hmm. you know it's like I I still give grace you're giving yourself grace for not replying to an email Mm -hmm. from on Friday and I still use grace for not having to tell the entire world what you're doing all the time. I like that we have spent the last two shows encouraging everybody to come tell us everything that they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Come and tell us what you're doing, but you don't have to tell everybody. (laughs) I have seen some things that are about toxic positivity that, um, like the, um, the phrase, only good vibes. I have a hand towel hanging on my um, oven that says good vibes only. Yeah. No, it says coffee and good vibes. That's what it says. I Not have... only. You don't have to only have them. But... Right. That, and that is the <laughs> distinction. Okay. So I have a sweatshirt that says good vibes. Mm-hmm. I should have worn it today. It says good vibes. I almost got one that says good vibes only. And I didn't. Don't want only. Because all vibes are welcome. Just don't wallow. Remember I told you that... I felt bad one day because I was in my car pickup line and I saw this woman and I threw bad vibes at her intentionally. Why? I just it was like, girl, I don't like you. And I like, I threw the bad juju at her and I felt bad about it. I felt what? badly about it. But I did. I threw bad vibes. So maybe not bad vibes only either, but, um, <laughs> but sometimes. Yeah, I, I really, that's how I felt at that moment. I was just being real, Heather. (laughs) That's true. That's, that's cool. You bad juju. I think that all vibes are valid and all vibes are allowed to be, but I have a limited amount of patience for how long I'm willing to sit in the bad vibes with somebody. Mm -hmm. How do Mm -hmm. you feel about that? I think it's tough because. I definitely have gone through periods of my life where I've probably required a lot of patience. Um, and God bless the friends who stick around for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I try to be that person for some of my friends, uh, especially when they're going through something big. I, I try to be that person. But I, I do agree with you. There comes a point where, you know, sometimes the nicest thing I can do is to be tougher, to be like, look, you can't live with this. You can't keep living you know in this way you you're gonna have to bust out of it or I'm not going to be able to maintain my role in this Alex says bringing only good vibes is one of her favorite songs but you're right it's a rough expectation to have all the time that is a tough tough yeah you know like always everything is good just just throw me the good vibes people I do truly truly believe and and it might be just because it's part of my my default personality and it's easy for me to find the the silver lining and the positivity I do believe that 
you sometimes have to actively seek the positive and seek that out, but it is always there. I don't, what I have problem with is the, um, the pressure that we put on ourselves to immediately go there. Yeah. You know, it's, it give yourself some time to, to heal. Let yourself expand a little bit. Let yourself feel crappy. Um, and then what the question that I like to ask when I'm having a conversation with somebody who is down in the dumps and um, they're trying to, to move forward is what went well and what do you want more of? Yeah. It doesn't have to have been an all good experience. Mm hmm. And, you know, most experiences are not purely good or purely bad, but something went well when you're ready to think about it. Mm -hmm. What went well and what do you want more of? I like that sentiment of, all right, this was a bad time, you know, but there has to have been some glimmer in it. And that's the part you can choose to hold on to long term, you know. So, yes, wallow while you need to wallow, but then... You can usually, we're both lesson people. We're always extracting a lesson from something. So find the little lesson, find the little nugget of goodness and truth or whatever, and hold on to that part of it and try to move forward with that. I like that question. I think that's good. I also uh, find that the more you understand and observe yourself, the more you will be able to then self-soothe and treat yourself when you find yourself in those situations. So if um, for example, um, there's a great book um, I read a long time ago. It's actually about ADHD stuff. Um, it's called Organize Your Mind, Organize Your Life. Mm -hmm. And one of the concepts in the book is that when you do have a, a low blow and it's like something that kind of takes you out, the one of our um, instincts can be to just burrow in. You know, and just kind of like go and lick our wounds and, and feel sorry for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And there's a, an amount of time for which that's helpful. But to within, a, you know, a, a reasonable amount of time, get busy with something that is a distraction, something that is going to occupy your attention, that's going to occupy, um, you know, require some brain power, like reading, organizing, cleaning, you know, doing something that you have to think about just to kind of keep the juices flowing. And then when you're ready mm -hmm. to think about what went well and what do I want more of, you know, notice what helped me feel better? What didn't help me feel better? Right. About how long did it take before I was ready to start thinking about solutions? Don't force yourself, but just notice your personal trajectory of readiness mm -hmm. and then keep notes like just kind of keep mental awareness of that so that the next time that happens you can meet yourself more compassionately and you can you can show up with okay so do you remember what, what happened last time we right. did this and then this and then this maybe we try that again I think we're not always great at taking a learning opportunity from you know the thing that we've been through i think some things are so big and so powerful that they they you absolutely have to but i think that you know the little things that we just kind of skirt by day to day, to day we don't take that time to stop and think about it and to you know and to really get into you know that self-analysis piece of it of why did i do it that way or how long did it take me i think that those are really good things well that brings us right to our don't forget your homework. All right, guys. Everybody has bad days. And I don't, I want you to remember that there is no set rule for how quickly you rebound from stuff. 
there's no set expectation for how you're going to react to things or how you're going to feel about things. There is no pressure for you to immediately go on Facebook and announce to the world how you feel about things or what you've decided about your life. Oh, God, especially that one. Please so, don't do that. <laughs> so just take that pressure off yourself. Feel what you feel. But if your goal is to evolve this year and to get to know yourself better, pay attention to what helps me feel better, what doesn't help me feel better, what is making, what is working now, and what do I want more of? So that when you have a downtime in the future, you can let yourself kind of expand a little bit and compassionately and gently bring yourself back into a place where you're ready to start thinking about silver linings. Very nice. So, um, in the Be meantime, they can go out calicoing. <laughs> they can minimize their time scabbing. Right. Don't scab. That's gross. Do those things. Yeah. And um, and and as always, um, if you want to, come and tell us about it on Facebook. Yeah, you totally can. <laughs> if you've got a moment, go for it. We love you guys. Until next time. Bye. Don't forget to tell them where to find us. Yeah, tell us what you learned. We're on all the things. For those of you looking to increase your dosage, connect with Chrissy and Heather on Facebook and Instagram and tell us how you do life. Visit ChrissyandHeather.com. That's with a C-H-R-Y-S-S-Y. Like, share, and subscribe. And tell everyone you know. Until next time. Bye.